Hello, and welcome to the Renee Report for the fifth episode of the Daily Dose. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in, the city of angels. Lonely as I am, together we cry. Hey, on this episode of The Daily Dose, we're going to be going over the U.S. women's soccer team quarterfinal, NBA current news on the rumor mill that has been surfacing for the last few days leading up to NBA free agency in about a week, as well as finally touching on the NFL season that is fast approaching. Finally capping off the episode, going over the bare-knuckle fight that we left off last talking about. First and foremost, U.S. women's national team that has been dominating about the last week or so against its biggest test in the quarterfinals against Spain. Two penalty kicks saw them take over and end up winning the game today. Very, very questionable calls indeed. Second penalty, we see Alex Morgan does get tripped in the box and falls over as an obvious flop, but we obviously did see contact be made. So the second penalty that gave us a win, I believe, was pretty just. But re-watching the game and the highlights, the first penalty called by the refs was, I mean, if I was a Spanish fan, I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd, I'd be a Saints fan all over again is what I would be. It was, it was clearly not enough contact to warrant a penalty, and even if it was, it was an even clearer attempt at a flop. I, I almost was shocked they called it, even more shocked that they would just continue to make that second bad call on the penalty after knowing they messed up on the first one. Megan Rapone put in both of the penalty kicks instead of Alex Morgan, and actually put them in the exact same spot, which was also pretty surprising why the goalie didn't end up saving the second one as she was in the right direction, but it was just such a perfectly placed shot that the goalie almost had no shot, which was impressive from Megan, and does show obviously the U.S. is still big, big force heading into the quarterfinals now. Wow. My finals, excuse me. I believe the U.S. should be very thankful to get through this game, especially without the penalties. We still heavily outplayed Spain in passes, whereas we attempted 420 they only attempted 320 we had more possession 56 percent to obviously their 44 we had 10 shots versus their four and they only had one goal that was on target and it was a beautiful strike that did end up scoring so their only goal that was on target did score so you could say france was fortunate or excuse me spain was fortunate to be in the game with only one shot on target there were still many, many chances for the U.S. directly in front of net where the goalie was nowhere to be found, where U.S. players just either missed the cue or just weren't there for the easy finish. I believe if they did convert on one or two of those shots that were wide open, this game could have easily been a 4-1 to one or a 5-1 to one result and been a very different story, but it just goes to show how sloppy the U.S. played and how fortunate they were to get through this now be playing France on the 28th this Friday in the quarterfinals. No doubt we will need to convert many of those easy chances that we missed out on today if we expect to get through France and continue making progress deeper and deeper into this tournament.
believe this was a really good test for the U.S. and will actually end up keeping us more humble and honest and give us a little bit more drive to get through teams like France. And as the, st as the stakes get higher and higher, I believe we will be able to handle France and win on Friday. Transitioning over to the NBA and the rumor mill, Duran and Kyrie Irving, league sources say, have met twice in the recent weeks to discuss their desire to continue their careers on the same team. Reportedly, the first meeting took place in the Bay Area as Durant was still kind of nursing his injury and still trying to figure out what to do with it. As the second one took place in New York, where we hear that Kyrie Irving has reportedly bought a place in New Jersey, right around where the Nets are located. The meeting took place right after he ruptured his Achilles, suffered in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. League executive claims that Kevin Durant is partially blaming Golden State for not being fully aware of his risk of re-injury and having his future in mind. Kevin Durant claims, or no, excuse me, the league source claims that Kevin Durant is currently very upset and agitated with the Golden State Warriors. I think we can all safely assume we would be if we were in Kevin Durant's shoes. There's also a third report in the coming days that Steve Kerr told KD there was no risk of re-injury, which would also obviously feed into Kevin Durant's anger and trust issues regarding Golden State. Irving is reportedly pressing Durant to join him with the Nets and is trying to recruit Jordan as well. Enough, Durant did have his Achilles repaired by a Nets team physician, Dr. Martin O'Malley. Not sure how much we should really read into that and how much that plays a factor, but it is Interesting to be said that he didn't trust the Golden State doctors anymore and wanted to deal with it somewhere else. Also been lots of talks about Kyrie Irving as possibly an even bigger risk to a franchise than Durant, who most likely won't be able to play almost all, if not all, of next season. Many GMs and my, myself believe this to be the case. Heading into Boston, Irving was saying all the right things and seemed poised to step up and be a catalyst that the Celtics needed to fulfill their championship aspirations. All seemed to go awry after one odd injury where Kyrie Irving himself stated, I don't owe anyone shit, for being asked about his future and whether or not he would make a decision. At the time, as a Boston fan myself, it felt like he was just frustrated being asked the same question over and over. But as we look now and today, we can realize it was much, much more and a show of what was to come, unfortunately that Kyrie has now shown his true colors and teammates and quote-unquote friends on the Celtics stopped talking to him on the bench. And numbers have also shown that the Celtics played better when he wasn't playing or on the court. So although he is a very talented and at the perfect age in his career to be the perfect fit for many NBA teams, teams and specifically general managers aren't quick to trust Kyrie Irving with the keys to the franchise after the Boston fiasco. But certainly not least, on the NBA front, Kawhi Leonard decided to opt out of his contract as we see Kevin Durant and many other stars at his level tend to do. This feeds into the uncertainty and lack of news on the situation as regards to Kawhi Leonard and where he will be staying in the coming years. Unlike almost every other free agent we have ever seen, Kawhi Leonard is so quiet that we almost don't know what he's going to do until he announces it. He stays away from social media, 
And while people are making decisions and being very vocal about where they like and having rumors swirling left and right, we don't see this with Kawhi Leonard, which says a lot about his personality and where he is in his career. Is a robot in all facets, including passing on information, which is why a majority of the Toronto natives are growing concerned that he will leave for the LA Clippers, where he has wanted to be the entire time. Frankly, reading more and more into this, I believe that it is the perfect fit for Kawhi Leonard. Don't forget when Kawhi Leonard was traded, Greg Popovich, his coach and alma mater, wanted to trade him somewhere he wouldn't enjoy because he hates the cold and the media in Toronto as both. While the Clippers make so much sense, as they are in LA where he wants to be, minus the expectations, like the Lakers and the limelight, as well as he would join a team that is built to win right now with the addition of him in a place where he can make it his own and bring the Clippers back to glory that they've never truthfully ever had. I believe it is looking more and more like Kawhi Leonard is one foot out the door and testing his options will inevitably end up leaving the Toronto Raptors, although he had a great time there, and go to the place he's wanted to go to the whole time, in the LA Clippers. Transitioning to the NFL, for one of the first times, or maybe the first time that we've talked about the NFL on this Daily Dose, in on a funny NFL report that came out about Joe Thomas, longtime Cleveland Brown, while he was on the team, the Cleveland Browns had multiple winless seasons, and we're basically getting one or two wins every single season. Best player by a country mile on the Browns for about 10 years. And apparently a report has come out that he has never won a week one game in his entire career. So Thomas added to the hilarity by commenting that he had never, never won many other weeks as well. <laughs> this goes to show how far the Cleveland Browns have come getting the addition of Odell Beckham and the talents that they have recently acquired, and really shows how bad these Cleveland Brown fans not only want to win, but all that they've gone through in the last 5 to 10 years. Being on the topic of the NFL, Twitter is currently blowing up right now on who you would rather start your NFL franchise with, either Andrew Luck or Russell Wilson. This is such a challenging question because they have both succeeded on the field with teams that had they had no right to win with. And are just winners, plain and simple. To break this down, let's go by the most basic stat that you can judge a quarterback by, which is obviously the QBR rating. For those of you who do not know, the QBR rating takes things like clutch, um, passing percentage, the effect you have on teams' wins. Basically sums all of those up into one number to let you know overall how the QB season went without having to deep dive into all the stats like we're about to do. Last season, Russell Wilson's QBR was a 65, and Andrew Luck's was over Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and Matt Ryan at a 71 QBR, which is by far the best in his career, and shown a big growth spurt in the last year, certainly. Though Russell Wilson does have a 65 QBR last season, we see that he has a 65 to 70 QBR almost every single year of his career versus Andrew Luck had one abysmal year at a 49 QBR rating, mostly due to his bad decision making back then and being extremely injury prone, which he certainly is now. To looking at the completion percentages, Russell Wilson averages about a 64% completion percentage, whereas Andrew Luck averages a 60%. 
Last year, Andrew Luck did come off of his best year, completion percentage-wise, at 67%, similar to the year that Russell Westbrook had back in 2015 when he burst onto the scene and made a big name for himself. Looking at the touchdowns, which is obviously the big and flashy stat that you want your primary quarterback and leader to have, last year, Russell Westbrook got 30... Russell Westbrook, oh my god. So Wilson, excuse me got 34 touchdowns, Andrew Luck got 40 and 39 the year before, again showing the form that Andrew Luck has been recently is much higher than Russell. Although Andrew Luck does tend to make a few bad decisions here and there, he certainly does get the ball more in his hands and produces more touchdown-wise than Russell Wilson has. Russell Wilson's turnover rate is unbelievably good, about 3 to 1 or a little bit over 3 to 1 which is i mean very impressive whereas Andrew Lux is about a 2 to 1 ratio which is fine but still really needs improvement and he got hurt a lot by his bad decision making early in his career which really hurts his uh, interception rate now for his sacks and damage in their career Russell Wilson has never been below top 6 in sacks since he has entered the league Andrew Luck, on the other hand, has had two seasons where he was in the top two for sacks per game, but has really been better as of last year as they really bolstered their offensive line and have added a ton of talent on the offensive end. Whereas Russell Wilson is still stuck with a pretty mediocre to bad offensive line and just not much talent on the field other than the running back position. Russell Wilson has been a five-time Pro Bowler, has six awards to his name, Andrew Luck has been a four-time Pro Bowler, has seven awards to his name. What really took me off guard, is, off guard excuse me, is that their accomplishments are even, because as we know in the last few years, other than last year, Andrew Luck has really struggled just to be on the field, let alone get accomplishments. So it's really interesting to see, although Russell Wilson has had the best years of his career the last three years or so, that they are still very similar on accomplishments and stats. Whereas we can really see Andrew Luck taking a leap in the next few years, and Russell Wilson maybe not so much. I believe Russell Wilson is extremely talented and has proved many, many people wrong, but I do believe that his best football of his career has been played. That the best team he's ever been on, he's also already experienced. Versus Andrew Luck is kind of coming into his own the last few years, and is really going to make a name for himself in the next two years with this stacked offensive the addition of Paris Campbell from Ohio State, a very Tyreek Hill type of wide receiver, um, two great running backs, I mean, an amazing, amazing young offensive line. I mean, he just has all the talent to really make this um, Colts team blow up. And all the stats and accolades, I would have to say I give it to Andrew Luck over Russell Wilson, only because I believe Luck has his best football ahead of him versus Russell Westbrook has already accomplished a Super Bowl, and made huge plays. I also think Andrew Luck has a really weird thing about him where his teammates really tend to rally around him and the sacrifices he makes for the team, whether it's playing through injuries or just being a really, really good guy. And I see guys like Russell Wilson where, I mean, it seems like the Legion of Boom is almost completely gone, if not all gone. And then on the offensive end, they let guys like Doug Baldwin go. It just seems like people are leaving Russell Wilson left, right, and center, which they wouldn't be doing much if he was really as good a leader as Andrew Luck is, 
where they are continually adding talent and people are praising him left and right. Though I do think it's a toss-up, I believe that Andrew Luck is the person that I would rather have for my franchise for the next four to five seasons, and I believe he will be more accomplished and have a better career than Russell Wilson by the end of it. Quickly end this episode of The Daily Dose by going over the bare knuckle fight that happened a day or two ago between Artem Lobov and Pauli Maginali. I talked about in the episode, I expected this fight to be a bloodbath and to be one that you would not want to miss and would remember. Fortunately, a lot like many Floyd Mayweather fights, see that the talk could not back up the performance, and fortunately, Pauli did break his hand in the second round while giving a body shot to Artem, which caused him to mostly jab and run around the ring, which I believe was his game plan for the most part anyways. And although it was a really even fight, um, Artem was much more the aggression, the aggressor, excuse me, really brought it to him later in the rounds as he realized Pauly was obviously a bit injured and couldn't fight off as well. And as I predicted, Artem was able to take his punches kind of with ease and not worry about the damage he was taking from um, Pauly. And this caused him to step forward continuously and cause pressure. And eventually he got him in a really good clinch, which is interesting because in boxing, you can't actually clinch someone and hold them there and hit them. You have to kind of, you know, you always have to be doing something, whether it's punching or trying to get away. Interesting about bare knuckle boxing that I found out last night while watching the fight is that you are actually allowed to clinch and hit while you're in the clinch. So someone like Artem Lobov, who's a UFC, ex-UFC fighter, really would uh, excel in the clinch and hitting him. And we saw one time that Artem got him really good like three times on the right eye and it one body shot that really hurt Pauly really bad from the clinch and we saw that he was trying to get him in the clinch almost all night but as he brought up in the post interview they were repeatedly not letting him stay in the clinch and be active even though it was allowed it was almost like the ref wasn't aware of the rules or if he was aware of the rules was not following them It would have been a lot better of a fight and much more exciting if they did allow Artem to go into the clinch, as I think he would have ended the fight by knockout, or Pauly would have just done what um, Anthony Joshua did, where his team just threw in the towel and the fight was over, because I think he would have caused so much damage if he let him stay in that clinch, but unfortunately for Artem Lobov, they didn't allow him to do that. As I predicted in the episode, Artem Lobov was able to come away with the victory. I believe mostly due to the fact that um, Pauli Malinaji was not able to continually jab with his right hand and then counter with his left. He really had to counter with his left and jab with his left when he broke that right hand. And that really caused the fight to kind of go away and to kind of step off the gas and just run around in circles, which is pretty hard to watch as far as a bare knuckle fight where you're really expecting action and kind of a bloodbath, in all honesty. It ended up being a really good fight and certainly had its moments go either way, but I believe once Pauly broke his hand, it kind of was all over from there, and Artem just took over and started to dominate him and embarrass him. Press conference, or the post-press conference, excuse me, we saw Pauly Malinaji almost make excuses habitually and just basically his hand on the fact that he was losing when in reality his punch output was far too low even before that and he seemed like he expected to be able to box and just kind of point 
uh, point win, which is something that we see constantly in boxing like a Floyd Mayweather, where they're very good at avoiding hits, and they just kind of hit you with jabs and get points on you. But the thing about bare-knuckle boxing is it's all about who's the aggressor and who's going to bring the fight to who is most likely to win. And I believe Artem, regardless, was definitely going to be doing that and come out victorious, even if he didn't break his right hand. The sport of bare-knuckle boxing did, in fact, get more popular from this fight as Pauly was kind of embarrassed, which I think after hearing him talk all that shit, most of the fans wanted to see. Also made Artem Lobov 4-0 and kind of be the face of bare-knuckle boxing, which is a big deal as they're trying to, you know, more of a household name and they needed someone to be the face and to represent it and now they have that. Bare Knuckle Boxing because it gives an opportunity for guys who are ex-UFC fighters or maybe a, a old boxer who doesn't know if he still has it to kind of take their opportunity and their shot and really figure out if they do still have it because if you don't have it, you're going to find out quickly when you get cut up and broken hands like Polly did that, you know, it might be kind of time to hang up the gloves or you could be someone like Artem Lobov where you kind of, you know, you never felt quite comfortable in the UFC with those freak athletes. And he was never particularly a great boxer, but when you add the two together and you get bare knuckle boxing, he's obviously kind of found his new home and what he really excels at. So this could be a really cool sport for a lot of warriors and a lot of really entertaining fights. And I'm really excited to see where this sport heads. This has been the fifth episode of The Daily Dose. I hope you enjoyed listening. Free to leave comments and concerns down below. And I'm out. Peace.